Welcome to the Higher Ed Jobs Podcast, Ask the Expert Edition. I'm Andy Hibble, the Chief Operating Officer and one of the co-founders of Higher Ed Jobs. And I'm Kelly Sherwin, the Director of Editorial Strategy. Today we're here with expert Matt Trainum, who is the Vice President, Networks and Strategic Partnerships at the Council of Independent Colleges. Welcome, Matt. Kelly, Andy, I couldn't imagine a better place to be. Thanks again for having me. Nice to see you again, Matt. So let's jump in with the question from our listener. How would someone handle being openly disrespected by a supervisor in a team meeting to the rest of the team? This is a tough one. What do you think, Matt? Kelly, Andy, I first really just want to sit in the pain of whoever submitted this. Uh, I mean, you can just sense the discomfort, uh, the challenge of the moment. It is a reality of work environments at times. And I uh, just want to just want to sit in that for a second. Uh, have you all experienced things like this yourself? I know I've been in rooms where things have happened that have felt disrespectful to other folks in the room. Have you all experienced some of that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for interacting. <laughs> I look at Andy. I'm like, yes, like, this guy disrespects yes, me all the time. Dis- no, I, I, yeah, I don't want to say I've been disrespected by a supervisor, but yes, Matt, I've definitely felt hurt. Yeah. I, I guess that's, I don't know if I like how that, that sounded, but. It sounded yeah. true. It sounded true, Kelly, and it's okay. I think open disrespect from a supervisor to an employee in a team meeting just erodes any trust within the team and right. very specifically within that relationship. However, I think as far as our team meetings, I think there are places where people feel disrespected. Mm-hmm. I think in many instances, there's a, difference between incidental disrespect. And in this case, it sounds much more like this is not incidental. This is intentional disrespect to put somebody in their place. Those are two different things. So maybe if if I could add on to the question a little bit, maybe if you want to differentiate possibly between the two of those, that might actually be helpful to folks out there. Because I think when you feel disrespected, it's easy to always think it's intentional, but sometimes having a little bit of the space in your perception to to maybe try to differentiate the two and try to better understand and see if there's an ability to repair the trust that obviously gets really damaged in situations like this. I really appreciate the the reflections there. I think that we all know that work environments can be hard and we don't want them to be hard, but there are moments when they are hard. When I was looking at this question, I thought about very much along the lines of this incidental or accidental disrespect. Was it incidental, accidental, purposeful, intentional? One of the things I thought about, is this chronic or is it one-time event, right? And I think there's different responses based on that. And I think it's a very similar, was it incidental or really intentional? I think if you have really intentional or really chronic behavior, there's a certain set of responses to that. If it is incidental, accidental, or one-time kind of situations, I think there's different responses to that. And maybe that's a a place to start with this question. If I'm thinking of chronic or notably intentional behavior, where I go with that really is institutional supports that are in place to support employees. So I I do not hide at all that when we are in a work environment, we have a couple priorities. Job security is one of them and health and well-being is one of them. And both of those are important, right? And so most institutions have set up a HR apparatus to protect folks. So for chronic and intentional behavior, I think that those are perfectly fine and valid moments to activate the HR procedures that are, are in place at institutions to make sure that your job security and your health and well-being are protected. It is so interesting how often these conversations connect with conversations that happen with all of us in the world. So literally today, 
I was talking with a vice president who was feeling disrespected from another vice president. And there are aspects of that disrespect that go along categories of worry and concern and trying to help that person figure out what route to take and how to address it either with the supervisor or with human resources even as necessary and the complications of those different routes. So first I say, is it chronic? If it is, I think you have options for that. And I think those can be activated. And then I go a little bit to, is it, was it a one-time event? And you can still activate those same responses. And I think you have other responses that you might activate at that time too. When I was reading this question, I almost got the impression from the person who submitted is, what do I do even in that moment? So not just out of the meeting, what do I do? But in that moment, how do I respond? And I think that does depend on if it's chronic or if it's one time. And so in the meeting, you might imagine a spectrum of response from silence on one side to a full rebuking on the other. And you might imagine some spaces in that spectrum between a little bit of visible shock to a polite redirect to a more forceful redirect to a a more forceful rebuke of the moment. And those are, this is just such a hard topic because I go back to the priorities I said a minute ago, job security and health and well-being are so important. It's hard to say what would I do in those specific moments. I believe in some moments I have done all of those things. In some moments I've been silent. In some moments I've delivered visible shock. In some moments I've politely redirected. And in probably a very few moments, the moment happened in such a way where I publicly rebuked. I publicly responded in that conversation immediately to whatever that was in a way that might have even escalated the situation, which then gets me to a little bit of out of the meeting. So the meeting's over. Now, what do we do? And so I go back to what do we do that honors health and well-being for myself and for the team? What honors job security for myself and for the team? Matt, that's such a thoughtful and practical piece of advice for folks to move forward when they're put in situations like that. What might be kind of an interesting thing to do is sometimes amazing people and great leaders and really good supervisors have moments not at their best selves. Right, right. In this instance, let's maybe change chairs instead of being the person who's the recipient of that, being the person who actually is the one who has just behaved in that way. How do you go about repairing the damage that you've done and the individual relationship and the team relationship? Do you have any thoughts on that? So, Andy, I think when it comes to an incidental, accidental damage, when it comes to that moment where um, I am not performing as the person I normally am and I normally want to be, I think there's an opportunity for graciousness in that moment where we can go and communicate with someone and say, I know you value the team, but I worry that in this moment, the way this conversation happened, it didn't reflect what I know you value. And I think that that has a lot of opportunity there to both offer graciousness, to center on a shared value, to highlight where that shared value might not have been received by others, and then to figure out with that person, how might we move forward so that the team understands where I know your values are. And you can only do that with a colleague that you have trust with. And when it's not a chronic situation rooted in worse discriminatory behaviors and inclinations. I like what you were saying when you said you had different types of responses. And the one that really stuck out to me was how you said you've 
very rarely, if ever, in the moment, you don't publicly say something at at that time because I've I found that it's not productive when both sides are right, are too right. heated to to get to a resolution. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying to both sides, calm down, reflect, evaluate, and communicate after if it's a one-time incident and try to communicate and, and understand why it happened and how to move forward. I love the advice that like it's probably not the best to do it in the moment. I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth by saying that. No, you're not at all. And I think there's a question of audience here. So I was in a full campus meeting not too long ago, and there was a statement made from the podium, which didn't respect the full circumstance in the room and didn't reflect the full values of the speaker. And there was a break in the conversation and that speaker came down off the podium and myself and others said, I have to tell you, this is how what you just said sounded. And let me tell you, that speaker went right back up on the podium in front of two or 300 people and said, hey, I, I want to I say something. I want to acknowledge something that a shortcoming that just happened with what I was trying to say. I mean, that, that took a lot of bravery, right? It took mm-hmm. a lot of openness. It took a lot of my real goal here is blank. And this, this is a shortcoming in how I've arrived at this moment that I need to address. And it was necessary because you're never going to have those 300 people together again. And so in a moment like that, that public response. Another situation I was in was a a situation where an invited speaker spoke in ways that were not reflective of the values of the institution or of the host that was hosting the speaker. And a representative of that group had to stand up at the end of the presentation and say, hey, I just need to communicate this to everybody here. Because again, that group wasn't going to reassemble. But if you're in a team meeting and you're with a group of folks who you're going to see again, sometimes that repair can best be managed on a one-on-one basis when the tensions of the meeting are not there. And I would especially say that if you're going to try to publicly rebuke someone of senior power to you, I am just a realist. Your job security and your own health and well-being need to be important. And then you can figure out how to address this issue outside of the meeting. And there's a lot of care that can be given to whoever was addressed to, a lot of care to the team, a lot of seeking of support after the meeting, which is not to say back down, but it is to say just measure those options, those options across that spectrum we were talking about from silence to rebuke and figure out what you feel is necessary. And sometimes you're going to feel all of those are necessary. And I'm not going to guilt any of those reactions. I'm going to prioritize what's best for that person's health in that moment to make sure they're lining up with their own values. We talk so much on this about lining up with institutional values and our own values. And this is one of those moments. Love it. Thanks, Matt. That's spot on. I know you used the word bravery, but I think really what that is, is amazing opportunity to lead and showing leadership in places where you're not your best self is a great way to show that you care about the people and you care about the outcomes that you're advocating for. And when you're not putting your best self forward, that takes a real leader. Thanks for being with us today. And we look forward to the next time of asking you some of these difficult questions. Thanks for joining me in conversation. Once again, if you have a question for one of our experts, please email us at podcast at higheredjobs.com or tweet us at higheredjobs, and we'd love to hear your question. Thanks again for listening.